Wilson looking to drive, blows by his man. Right hand layup, good! And Adams! Here's a lob, there's the slam! Brady Dick on the throwdown! Super excited here on the Jayhawker podcast to welcome one Curtis Townsend to the booth. This is uh, Wayne Simeon and I have been around Coach Townsend for years and years now in his 19th year, but this is the Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. And uh, once again, KT, no one really calls you Curtis. It's just <laughs> KT. We got a lot, a lot of nicknames. We just walked down here to do this pod. And over here, there was a news station doing a a story on Fred Cordelbaum, Q, and his positivity poll. So we thought it'd be nice to have the polar opposite of the positivity poll with Curtis Towns. I'm not going to say negativity poll, but more of that. How about the, how about the uh, realistic poll? The realistic. Kurt, unfiltered. Oh, yeah, yeah unfiltered real, raw, version. unfiltered. If there's one thing that this cat does is he he's very real. He's very blunt. He's been around a long time. There's no nonsense. He's going to tell you what's on his mind, and that's what we love. And most about of the him. time, it's hilarious. <laughs> most of, it's, if it's not directed at you, it's hilarious. But even if it's coming right at you, it'll cut you, cut you deep. <laughs> not everybody thinks it's funny, especially the person I'm talking but about. But Wayne and I, I like it. I think you're hilarious. You and I get along well because we're both sarcastic, <laughs> yes. pretty blunt, and. Uh, but welcome to the show, KT. I really appreciate all that you do for us, for this team, for this school. And we were just talking before the show. You came here in Bill's second year, so you've been a part of every single one of the 17 titles. Yeah, yep. I came. I took uh, Coach Roberts' place. He, he got the head job at um, St. John's, and I was fortunate enough for a coach to call me and even consider me told him I'd walk to Kansas and uh, been here ever since. And, and you were at Miami at the time. I was at Miami at the time. I was only there for one year, and then the head coach had got fired, so I wasn't sure where I was going to go. And I had a couple options, uh, A&M and UTEP, but Kansas was by far. So was there a, a, a prior relationship with Bill, or was this kind of the first time that Bill reached out? Uh, first time he reached out to me about a job, but I knew Coach Self and knew of him, his coaching. But then when he got the job at Illinois, I was at Michigan. And so I met Coach Ann and had so much respect for how hard his teams played at Tulsa and how they did it, Illinois. So I had met him before, and the most amazing thing was I'd see him at the Final Four, and, you know, I'd be with my friends, and I'd go, hey, Coach, how you doing? And he'd go, hey, Curtis, how are you? And I was like, the guy knows my name. So Has he ever been honest with you and told you how many coaches said no before he called you? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. He said, yeah, we can't find anybody. Six? And there's a guy you know that we're trying to recruit. So if you could get him yeah. here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, a little bit. He, we did get a kid. I was recruiting and had committed Who to was Miami. Uh, C.J. Giles. Oh, C.J. Giles, yeah, for sure. Number, yeah. number 33. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, no, obviously, you know, Coach gets a, a ton of credit for what he's accomplished during his time here, uh, as he should. But a lot of that has to do not with uh, because of only the players that he coaches, but also because of the staff uh, that he's had uh, around him. We get a chance to see you operate in recruiting, uh, in scouting, in player development, so many behind-the-scenes uh, roles that you play. What would you say is your favorite um, role as an assistant? Um, I, I think the recruiting was – when I was younger, I, I like to get out and meet people, and it's still fun to me. I like to go places and see kids play, and um, but but I, I think uh, being here with coach, figuring out the X's and O's and how to stop teams, has really intrigued me a lot more than the recruiting part. But you got to have good players to do it. So I, I like both, but I, I think the thing I like most is that, and you guys know this about coach self. He is who he is every day, and it's fun to come into work. And like Greg said, I'm sarcastic, but, hey, Coach is just as sarcastic as me, and you could kind of jab each other, and uh, I think that's fun. I love living like that. Well, to go back a little bit, let's give you a little background on KT. Uh, everybody knows about Bill and everything else, but they may not know your story. From Northern California, uh, ended up playing at 
at Western Kentucky, yep. star player at Western Kentucky. Your older brother, Raymond, uh, played at UCLA under legendary coach John Wooden. What I want to ask is you, you saw the dynasty that John Wooden – what, what he had his footprint on, handprint on at, at UCLA, Kansas isn't going to, you know, isn't going to win 10 in a row. It's, I'd say it's damn near impossible now, but the, the 14 Big 12 titles in a, in a row does kind of mimic what they did. Uh, granted, not a national title, but kind of tell uh, the people what it was like, number one, back then, because it wasn't a field of 64. Not everybody got in the NCAA tournament. This is taking nothing away from UCLA, but kind of draw some parallels from what they did to what we've accomplished here. Well, okay, so to go back a little bit, star player was kind of a stretch at Western Kentucky because – How many Gene, career points? Gene Cady was my head coach, and I think he would have said – well, my number did get retired. Okay. Uh, hey, I'll call, call, there hey. it is, right there. No, two of the three, it, the, two yeah. of the my three here retired. Heather. It wasn't my number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was my number jersey. Yeah, else. well, it was somebody else's name on the back. So, uh, my number got retired. But you scored them. I, I well, I, you, I know you know first. you know exactly, exactly how many, how many points, points you scored. I, I really, really don't. But because I had to go to JUCO for two years, and and you can't count the two JUCO years. If Fair. you did that, that was. Uh, almost a thousand points there. I mean, okay. close to eight hundred. So, so you couldn't do those. So, but uh, I but, don't know how many points. But I a scored. very good player at Western Kentucky. Okay, there you go. There you go. So, all right. So back to your original <laughs> question. Uh, you know, my brother went there, and they were in the middle of the dynasty. They had uh, they had had Kareem for, or he was Lou Alcindor then for three years, and then they had Bill Walton followed him up. So, and then my brother came right after them. So it was a dynasty that was going. It was very different because all, if you won your league, you had to win your league to go to the NCAA tournament. And then I think there was eight at large teams. So it might have been 24 teams or something like that. I think even when I played in the 80s, it was only 40 teams in the NCAA tournament. Did you ever play in the NCAA yeah, tournament? Yeah, we, yeah. we played just my senior year, not my junior year. We lost in the championship game of our tournament uh, by one on a really terrible, worst call ever in basketball. But should have played two years. But anyway. It doesn't sit with you any longer, yeah, does it? No, no. It no. doesn't bother me at all. I wish I could have played in two NCAA tournaments. But anyway, uh, it was much different. And UCLA was dominant. And not taking anything away from Coach Wooden, because my brother absolutely loved him. But they had by far the best players in the country. It was like, like people nowadays think, oh, Kentucky gets all the best players. This wasn't close. UCLA, like, had the five best players in the country. Well, the old joke was, or as, as a fact, was that the freshman team beat the, the national champion team. Sure freshmen did. weren't eligible back then, and they beat the yes, national champion. That's exactly right. Yes. And they uh, – so it was, it was way different then. But what he did, you know, you just knew every year. The reason my brother picked there is he knew they were going to win. And they won, like you said, 13 straight. Uh, it was called the Pac-8 back then, but Pac-8 titles. And so what Coach did here was, to me, absolutely amazing to win 14 in a row. Because of the way that college basketball works now more than anything. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's somewhat equal now, especially even more so when you talk about NIL and the transfer portal. It, it's anybody with money – can be successful. It used to be the Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Michigan State, but now it's everybody. Yeah, it could be anybody. It's, uh, I think the playing field is way more level uh, because of the transfer portal. A kid does good at one school, and he'll go up and play it somewhere that's on TV more. And, yeah. uh, and you're right, the NIL has a lot to do with it. So it's, it's made it a lot harder. So that's why in this era for what Coach Self has done and – and, and I know I see things through rose-colored glasses because I've worked for him for so long, but I still don't think he gets the flowers he, he, he deserves because uh, what, what he's done, even like nobody's even talking about him for coach of the year in our mm -hmm. conference, you, you, you know, and nothing yeah. against it. They're talking about Jerome Tang and, yeah. you know, and, and they were talking early about the guy at Iowa State. I mean, one year coach was 17-1 in the, in, in the conference mm -hmm. and didn't get coach of the year. I mean, and it, to me, 
I, I, it's, it's, I think people expect him to do it. That's how good he is. And you know that he doesn't care. At all. He would, he'd probably be mad that I'm saying this about him because he's so humble, and, and that stuff does not matter to him at all. But me, from the outside looking in, he doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate you saying that, uh, just in comparing those two dynasties together, because what we've created here is a, a legit dynasty, much in part to, to, to what you guys have done. Uh, as you're thinking about the 17 conference championships that you've been a part of, um, and of course, the different teams, makeups, player profiles, for you, has there been one that has been more satisfying or maybe more surprising or maybe more enjoyable uh, than another? That's a great question, uh, Wayne. And, I, and I'll tell you this, and, and because it's happened now, I think this one is right there. Because if you we lost 75% of our scoring from last year. If you'd have told me with the guys we had on our roster, you're going to have these guys back, you're going to start a 6-7 center, and you guys are going to win the toughest <laughs> league in the con- – I would have gone, oh, my God, what are they thinking about? So – this, every year, both years, I would say the most satisfying years to answer your question, Wayne, was after the national championships. Because even when we came back from that 08, all we had coming back was Sharon Collins, who was a freshman, going to be a sophomore, and Cole Aldridge. We lost everybody else, and we went and won the league with that group. And, uh, and this reminds me of that. We lost all of that, and these kids came out and won the league in what – like Coach said, Dick Vitale said, was the toughest league in college basketball in the last 20 years. So uh, those two, I think, are the most satisfying because people uh, probably didn't expect it. Yeah, I mean, when we lose so many starters and so much scoring, I, I totally agree. And, and, and we were all sitting there in April enjoying the national championship. We're kind of looking forward to next year. We're like, all right. I mean, I think a lot of people had a way different starting lineup for this year than what actually happened but he's the ultimate adjuster, and we say he, Bill Self, but you have a great deal to do with that. So does Norm, so does Q, so does Jeremy, so does Brennan and Brady. And I thought the senior speeches were so good the other night because Jalen actually rivaled Wayne's marathon <laughs> of a senior speech, which I'm not making fun of you because, <laughs> hey, if somebody – Hey, we deserve it. We you deserve it. it. Hey, uh, you know, exactly. shine. Bill's, yeah. a, Bill's a big proponent of, hey, you got five minutes. Like, he wants <laughs> – when, when his coach ever took five minutes when he's exactly. had a mic? Yeah, yeah, he needs to look in the mirror. <laughs> he's exactly right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of people hear it. You experience it every day. Talk about Kevin and Jalen, what they said, how much it meant to you. They single you out. They single everybody out. But what Jalen has meant to this program, Bill talked about the other day that he's the most competitive guy ever. Think about that. As you've seen 19 years yeah. of studs, what does Jalen do that, that puts that in Bill's head that he might be the most competitive guy he's ever coached? Well, I think he exceeded Coach Self's expect, expectations of him. You know, and the coach may not say that, but that's what I think. I, I, I don't think Coach would have ever thought going into the year – that, hey, maybe Jalen could average 18, 19, 20 points a game, be the leading scorer, leading rebounder in the Big 12. Uh, I don't think Coach expected that of him. And I think, um, you know, Jalen coming out and doing that and taking that leadership role like he did this year. And and, and I'm going to be honest. I think Kevin is absolutely one of the biggest, best glue guys that I've ever been around. He can – we just we just say, hey, here's how we're guarding this. Here's how we're guarding that. And in his mind, he knew so the other team's best players are. He studies the scouting report, so he knows what they're looking for. And he just goes and takes people's balls and blocks shots at key points in the game. And uh, he's not great offensively, but he's a, a he's been a, a huge huge addition for us. You know. A lot of times we talk about adversity and how do you deal with it. Jalen's a great example. I go back to Indianapolis. We lose the USC by 30-plus. Jalen doesn't have a very good game. And at the end of that year, he wasn't playing well, and there was a lot of questions. And he could have just said, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to go to Michigan. Or, But he, you know what, he, he came back and he fought. He turned him – he was a good, good player, but he turned himself into a great player last right. year. And then – it's hard to become the guy 
after you're not the guy. Even though he led us in scoring along with David McCormick in the national championship game, Jalen then became the guy. He became Ochai. And that's hard to do. You were a great player. You understand when you're the guy, there's a lot more pressure on it. A lot of and the pressure. adversity that he dealt with, some which was self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he's stepped up, and, and we've all talked about how he, he met that adversity and, and got better as a man, as a leader, and as a player. Well, he's handled it unbelievable. Um, you know, it, like you said, so, some of it was self-inflicted. And I'm going to give Wayne a lot of credit here because – Wayne spends so much time that, that people don't know. Right. Wayne has as much impact in our program as he did when he played. He spends time off the court with these guys, and any t- time they go through problems, Wayne yeah. has – I'm not saying Wayne's gone through the same problems, but he's been there and he's been around it and he knows, and these guys trust him and they could talk to him. Wayne speaks to our guys every night before every game and gives them an unbelievable message. And, and I probably uh, take as much out of it as the players. But uh, I, I think Wayne does a good job uh, getting these kids mentally right, uh, focused, and everybody has a hand in it. But uh, Wayne's a big part of that, and, and I think Ramsey, our new strength coach, is a huge part of it. Uh, Q, Coach Q, we just talked about him. The stuff he does with the culture is – unbelievable and uh so i just think it's everybody and and the mom uh jaylen's mom and dad told us the other night that the just the family situation he was in helped him through all of the stuff he went through to help him be this year's ochai well i'm glad you said that about wayne because he doesn't take enough credit you're exactly right and and too humble he's too but think about what other program has an all-american retired jersey played in the nba that works for the athletic department in the role that he does. It just doesn't happen because most of the time those guys are in the NBA or they've made so much money they don't need to work anymore, not that he needs it. He's chosen to come here and do what he does with our guys, and, and it's between Wayne and Scooter and Ramsey. Our guys do have a, a great sounding board to go to guys because they're not always going to come to you. They're not always going to go to Bill because there's some things they don't want to go to you about. That's exactly right. And you know what? And these guys are getting a lot younger, and I'm really, really old. So when they ask me, hey, how good was Wayne, really? Yeah. I just bring him down here and show him his Miami Heat, uh, you know, NBA championship ring. And I said, this guy was a first-rounder. Because I can't find any highlights on YouTube. All that stuff is uh, (laughs) too too old and and gray and and fuzzy. No, no, when they they look up the YouTube stuff, they say, God, all he did was make a jump shot off the left block over his right shoulder (laughs) every play. Where's the hizzy? Where's the in and out? No, no, no. I I appreciate you guys saying all that. But in thinking about what you were describing, all those people that you were describing is – there is, is, is really an infrastructure uh, around the program of Kansas basketball that uh, helps, you know, sustain and undergird what it's become. I, I, I always kind of think about it like, hey, there's certain people that, that set the table, coach cooks the meal, and then there's another people that, you know, kind of help, help do the dishes, you know. There's a exactly. lot of folks, a big family involved. Talk to us about the importance of, of continuity uh, and how, what that's played in Kansas basketball. You've been here, you know, 17 years. I'm, uh, what, no longer than that. You've 19. Been 19, 19. 19 years. Yeah. Norm's got decades. Joe mm-hmm. Dooley's been here. Greg and I have been around. Scoot, like, Hootie was here for a long time. Like, how has that really helped, um, you know, this program? I think continuity always helps. And, and Coach is uh, familiar with uh, us, you know, after, after you've been here a while. Uh, but he knows we need new blood, too. So we got Jeremy Case and, and Brennan and, and Brady in there uh, as kind of the younger guys and, uh, and Ramsey now as a strength coach. And even our compliance, like you said, it's a, it's a system. They, they really help the guys out when they get here and uh, with you. So I think the continuity is great. I think it gives Coach a sense of, he could go away or not be in the office and know we're going to do things like uh, yeah. he's wanted for all those years. And, and to me, I, I, I've had a chance uh, and interviewed for head coaching jobs over the years, and I honestly, honestly mean this. Some of those head coaching jobs weren't better than being the assistant wow. coach here. Wow. And, uh, wow. 
So it's, it's uh, and, and my ego uh, isn't that big that I, if I never coached again, that I would say, hey, I wasn't a head coach in college. You know, I did it in high school, and I loved being a head coach and calling your own shots. But I think I really, really like winning and being part of a, a you know, something like Greg said, that when we look back in time 20 years from now, I don't, you know, God willing, uh, this will be a time when people say, remember when Kansas won like 17 out of 20? Because, I mean, and I say that all the time. I use that same statement all the time. They're going to look back and be like, no one's ever come close in the never. next 20 years. Or like when you see NBA highlights and they talk about a guy scoring 30 points in a row for like 45 games, but first place is Wilt Chamberlain at like 150. Like he averaged like 40. I mean, some of those records are – you look back and you're like, how the hell did how did he do, do that? that? And that's what I think they'll do with Kansas I because the only other one that's close, and it's not a power five, it's Gonzaga, is now won 11 straight. Yes. And they, they could eclipse it, but yes. I just don't know – and I guess it's I guess I'm kind of bemoaning the West Coast Conference because it's not. But and you know that that's the question. You know what would Gonzaga do in the in the Big Twelve? Yeah. And again, it's not a knock on them, but but to what you said earlier, what Dick Vitale said, and Bills repeated it. Do you think this is you've been around a long time? Do you think this year's Big Twelve is the best conference that you've seen from one to ten in your 19 years here? Yes. Yes, no doubt. Just because there's really no bottom. If you look at it right now, Oklahoma's in 10th place. Well, they beat arguably the number one team in the country by 32 points. Yes. At, you know, and albeit, I mean, they, Alabama might have had some stuff going on that, uh, you know, they weren't focused. But, but that speaks volumes yeah. to, you know, our thing. Uh, West Virginia is a really, really good basketball team. And they could end up six and twelve in the league, right. which is, I mean, and, and shows you about the Big Twelve that there's going to be a six and twelve team that's probably going to make the NCAA tournament. Exactly. Five years ago, you had to <laughs> no be way. you had to be five hundred or least. just under five hundred. That was like the benchmark. <laughs> you might have two six and twelve teams in the NCAA tournament because of the How Big Twelve Conference. Yeah, because of because of the way the metrics are now, and they they measure, you know. Quad one, right. quad two wins. Well, every night is almost a quad one game yeah. Yeah. in the Big Twelve, and so it's uh, even if you play like like uh, Texas Tech, they didn't beat us the other day, but because they played us close, they went up. And Allen Field, their their net yeah. goes up. So it's uh, you, every night you have a chance to uh, oh. you know. Well, you look at the two games against Tech for us this year. Both were one point games with under a minute yes. to go. Yes. Both of them. And we won them both. We won close <laughs> games. They've lost close games, but that's why the West Virginias and Texas Tech should be in the in the NCAA tournament. Well, because they'll they'll be as good as yeah, you know, Pick forty us. of the, yeah, they'll be in the top forty if you have sixty eight teams. Right, right. They would definitely uh, be in there. So it's a it is definitely a, a tough conference. Hey, so so one of your uh, kind of secret roles uh, that you've developed over the years is somehow you've fallen into uh, the role or responsibility of being the guy that when coach starts to really, really get after an official, I always yeah. see, I always yeah. see coach KT get, getting in there. Now, sometimes it's a little bit too late, you know, <laughs> maybe coach will get one. He's got, one, two, he's got two, he's got maybe <laughs> one, two or three this year, at least two, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe yeah, three. I think he's got four. He's got four. Damn, yeah. four. Okay. Maybe that five, might be a record. Five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. That, might have five. That might be a record in terms of the most he's gotten. It's the most I can think of, yeah. But as you see things starting to brew, uh, you know, the way the game's going, his, temp his temperature, his emotion, you know, how he get. when do you activate, okay, man, I need to be the guy that steps in to make sure coach doesn't get one, or do you just, man, I'm going to let him go because I know he's going to get one whether or not I, I get there or not. Well, you know it's what? one of my favorite things to watch and kind I of know. I You know, my wife always says, why are you always talking to the rest? Well, a lot of times I'm getting on him <laughs> before coach does, but – uh, coach said something funny to me yesterday. We were talking about how many technicals he's got, and he goes, you know, half of the refs don't like me because of you. Because <laughs> you're on them all the time before. So, but I, I, you know, knock on wood, in my 32 years as coach, I've never got a technical in college. Now, when I was a head coach in high school, I got a couple. But 
I've never got one because I, I never – I think they have the hardest job in the world. And I think the Big 12, we have really, really good officials. Um, I've never heard you say that in the locker room after the game. <laughs> Are you just saying that for the – you thinking uh, John no, Higgins I, I, is listening or something? <laughs> well, I, I actually like John. <laughs> I like John a lot. No, I really think the officials in yeah. the Big 12 are, are really yeah. good, and I think it is a hard job. And it's only gotten – it's much more difficult nowadays because of just the speed and the strength mm-hmm. and the, how fast everything and, is. And is it a blocker or charge? Because yeah. I don't yeah, even know yeah, if yeah. it's a blocker or charge. Full speed is So tough. usually when I go to them, I just go, how was that a block? What did you see? Yeah. And they tell me. But So the reason I do that with Coach, like the other day against Tech, because he had got one the game before, and I was like – West Virginia, yeah. Yeah, West Virginia. I said, but this was late in the game, and Coach was talking about – you know, Keith Kimball blew the whistle, and the oh, guy had fell down, and it took away a, a layup of ours. But coach called this play we put in, and uh, we ended up getting a dunk, dunk on yep. the out of bounds. So I was just over there going, Coach, it worked out better. Worked out <laughs> we better. got the dunk. We I, got yeah, the so we got the dunk, and the crowd was going crazy. And the crowd was already going crazy because we made the basket on yep. the yep. one. I said, so this worked out better, Coach. He goes, Katie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, let me just, I'm not even talking to him about that. Enough with the positivity yeah. is what he's saying. Hey, it's enough. Hey, you're yeah. the negative guy. Yeah, go you're the negative. Get on yeah. no, so, uh, but usually I just go and make sure he doesn't get another one because God forbid he gets thrown out. Uh, that's going to be you. That means no, you. It might, norm, it no, it could be Norm. Norm's 4-0 oh, this yeah, year. Norm's 4-0. Oh, so, uh, yeah, we put that right on Norm. But also, but also help, help our audience to understand that not all technical fouls are just emotional outbursts. Some of them are strategic, yeah. they're calculated, they're well-timed, whether it's to shift momentum or maybe to infuse our guys to make them feel like, man, we can't get a call, but, man, coaches got our back. Talk a little bit about how technical fouls at times, there's some strategy behind them. Yeah, some of them are very strategic, and uh, – and coach is the best at not getting them late, so I shouldn't even got up and know because I know coach knows. Uh, he usually gets them in the first half and and uh, gets on them pretty good. But uh, they are a lot of them are strategic, and if our guys aren't playing well, you know it's a way to fire them up, and especially at home it gets the crowd fired up. Uh, you know to make him think, oh well, we're not getting any calls, and and refs are they're all human, you know, and they they call a good game, but. If that's the case and it's got that emotional and they gave you a T, I do think sometimes they may give you, you know, people go, oh, that's a makeup call. Well, the makeup call is because coaches jumped on him pretty yeah. good. And he, so that, that's what I think. He's one I, of the all time great lobbyists because he, <laughs> we always say it on the air, like when he really gets on somebody, I'm like, all right, watch the next two or three minutes, anything <laughs> close, they're going to call it. And that's their, make, that's their way of making up. Because yeah. you can call, just like football, you can call holding on every play. You can exactly. call a foul on every possession on both ends. And, and uh, he, he's the master at, at lobbying. And then you're that great kind of <laughs> second-tier lobbyer. But uh, before we let you go, let's talk about the rest of the season. We, we just were assured of an outright Big 12 championship with the Texas loss the other day at, at, at TCU. That in itself is crazy to win this game. Uh, to win this league outright, hopefully at 14-4 and four as we get ready to go to Austin. But let's talk about the remaining game, the Big 12 tournament, and the ultimate goal of this team. Well, you know, it, at the start of the year, we always talk about once we get into league, hey, what do you think will win it? No, coaches give different things. And we were all thinking, you know, the way the league is, 13-5 and five would probably win the league, yeah. at least get a share of it. And, and, and Dooley even said, I, I think 12 and 6 may win it. And, um, you know, so it, it's, uh, it, it means a lot that, that we're able to win it outright. But I think if we could go down to Texas this week, play with a free mind, uh, you know, play in a tough environment, never been in there before, but I heard right. it's great. Yeah. Um, and it'll be, you know, nationally televised. It'll be big time. I think if we could win that game, I think we'd have a chance at maybe being a, a number one overall seed, right. uh, which is something good to play for because you, you could play, you know, right here in Kansas City maybe right. in the two games, which would be, you know, essentially a home game. Comfortable. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that'd be big for us. But, 
you know, uh, we right now we'll just take Saturday's game and then get ready to go into the uh, Big 12 tournament and see what we could do there. You know, we've done pretty well there, but I, I think we've um, done a lot of our work so far. But, you know, you never want to go into anything and lose a game. But uh, get ready for that uh, six-game stretch that, that means everything is what you play for. It's only been a few hours since last night, Texas lost. So many people have called me and say, hey, will Bill rest some guys? Will, will this mean as much? Please tell everyone that this game is – you just did. But please tell everyone, number one, we don't really have the depth to do that, but you're all hands on, on deck yeah. for Saturday. Oh, yeah. No, this this isn't the NBA where we're going to no, – and no offense, Wayne. You no, played in the load, NBA. Load management. Yeah, this isn't load management. You're going to rest the guys so that you could have play good in the playoffs. No, Coach Self is trying to go down there and win and make sure we get the highest possible seed we can going into – NCAA tournament and you know the way we ended last year after the TCU game we went on a run and didn't lose another game yeah. and it, it just gives you a lot of momentum going into it if you could win your last game and then you could go down to Kansas City and win three games just you're feeling good about yeah. yourself and you know you go and so uh, we're, we're definitely going down there to win and the expectations of this team uh, I don't know what they are, but I know if we play good and we make the other teams play bad, which is kind of our motto, that uh, we, we could beat anybody in the country on any given night. But on the same hand, if we don't play with energy and we're not, we could get beat any night. And that, that tournament is, you know, you lose one game and you go home. So the stakes are really high. Well, as we let you go, we're going to have the call of the week, and I want you to describe the play as Wayne takes us to, to break. But Kevin McCullough – 34 seconds on the clock, loose ball, just wanted it more, right? He wanted it more, and, and like I said, Kevin has made some of the biggest plays of the year for us, and I talked to him last night, and I said, man, how about that, dude? You made the game winner. It was your 1,000th point in college basketball, and you did it against your old team. And he just on said, senior night. On senior night. With and your he, mom and dad mom in the Mom and dad sister there, there. Last game you're ever Storybook. playing here. He, yeah. he told me, he said, I can't tell you how incredible it was. And, and then I thanked him for coming here because I was one that, you know, tried to get him. But, but although Jalen uh, kind of recruited him harder than any of us and knew we needed him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I talked to him last night, and he w got a little emotional saying it's the best decision he ever made in his life, and thanks for letting him be a part of it. And it was such a momentous play uh, right there by a tremendous young man. Uh, and undoubtedly, it's going to take more plays like that uh, to help us uh, defend this title and to, uh, to have a great showing in March. So let's relive it. Let's enjoy it. Uh, the Call of the Week brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store. Rebound on the deck. A scrum for the ball. Tech has it. Lost it. McCullough saves the day. He laid it up and And that was your call of the week brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store. Uh, shop for all your spices and rubs, barbecue supplies at KansasCityBarbecueStore.com or stop by their location, see Dan. I'm a barbecue guy. You a barbecue guy? Look at me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so you guys can swing by there for all your barbecue needs. And even if you're like me, step your patio game up uh, this spring. Check out the Gosney Pizza Dome oven. Um, I got five kids, they love pizza, I love pizza, so I might switch it up a little bit from you know the Traeger to the Blackstone. I'm gonna check out this Gosney Pizza Oven Dome and, and get after it. That's sold exclusively at the Kansas City Barbecue Store. So I'm trying, versatile player, I'm looking to kind of expand my versatility on the, on the patio grilling. Yeah, grilling I'm pretty game. basic, but I'd like to get more out there, so I think I'm gonna head over there as well. Great sponsor of the Jayhawker Podcast. It was late, and one of my patients was having trouble sleeping. He was feeling uneasy, he told me. I asked him, is there anything I can do to help? I'm pretty sure he's the only patient ever to ask me to dance at 2 a.m. But sometimes, being the best nurse I can be is just being the best person I can be. 
Hey, Jayhawk fans, this is Greg Gurley here on the Jayhawker podcast. I want to tell you about the President Hotel. Downtown Kansas City just steps away from the Power and Light District and the T-Mobile Center. It will be the official hotel of the Kansas Jayhawks this year for the Big 12 Tournament and all things Kansas City whenever the Jayhawks are in town. Philip Stranod, the GM down there, does an unbelievable job. Give them a call at 816-221-9490. Book their stay and play package, breakfast for two, parking for one vehicle, and a welcome gift. It's my favorite place. I stay there all the time. So does Wayne. Fully renovated hotel. The drum room is fantastic. Go down there for my favorite, a Manhattan on the rocks with a little with a little bullet rye. But uh, the President Hotel, the official hotel of the Jayhawker podcast. So I just had Kurt Townsend on. Fantastic. Got in depth with kind of his background, Northern California, no Kansas ties at all, but he calls Kansas home. Yeah. If you ask him of all the places he's been, I guarantee you this has been his favorite place. And why wouldn't it be? 17 league titles, two national championships, four final fours, really close many many other times uh, there hasn't been a better program in the last 20 years than right here that's why we're the all-time winningest program and and you and i were talking in the office the other day we all got friends from other schools that were enjoying their success in january and what did you and i both <laughs> tell them even though we didn't even talk about it we're like Hey, it's kind of a long season. Easy, and, uh, easy. We know it's new to you guys. It's, it's Just January relax. 20th. Season's not over till March 4th, so let's pump the brakes or not. You guys do what you want. This isn't our first rodeo. And uh, sure enough, we can give you a little I told you so to our uh, friends around us. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to... Uh waste of breath on the I told you so stuff. They see the social media posts. They've seen us hoist the trophy. They've seen us get the hats and the towels. Uh, that speaks uh, speaks more than enough uh, to that. And uh, But we're not done, right? We're no. not done. As much as we want to celebrate and work towards uh, being Big 12 champions, that's how we break the huddle very regularly at the end of practice, Big 12 champs. Uh, we want to continue to build the momentum on, on tomorrow like we experienced last year. Yeah, so we got a lot coming up, but let's go back a couple days. Uh, Tuesday, we played Tech. Double-digit favorite. Everybody, okay, we're going to kill them. And, and you and I, who know ball, along with our coaches and everybody else, hey, this is a good basketball team. Yeah. This is a team that's going to probably end up 6-12 and 12 in our league. Could have easily been 10-8. and eight. Have beaten some of the top-tier teams in the league throughout the season. We're really hot coming out. Played us to a one-possession game earlier in the conference play. And played us to another one-possession game. Tuesday night, it took well, well coached, very well coached. So that game went as you and I thought it. But thought we might have won by more. But we, you know, the last two games, West Virginia and Tech, we'd get like that eight point cushion, and then we'd give up a three, and we'd turn it over, and they get a layup, and it go from eight to three like that several times. And so, using that, we should let that sit in our crawl a little bit because that's going to happen again. That's going to happen Saturday. It's going to happen in the Big 12 tournament. It for sure is going to happen in the in the NCAA tournament. And you and I talked about this last week. We got to be careful that we just rely on flipping that switch because there's going to come a time when you can't flip the switch and you're like, God, I wish we would have played a little harder earlier. How easy is that to convey to the guys? I think it's easy with Kevin and Jalen. It's harder with the amount of new guys that we have. Yeah, yeah, I, did. I think you're exactly right. And, you know, we had the luxury on that game Tuesday to know that we're guaranteed another game after that that could solidify a conference championship. But now once we get into March, you're entering into that territory where it's win or go home. Right. And uh, being casual or allowing a team to hang around longer than they're supposed to in this stage of the season can break your heart. Right. All right. Can have tears rolling down your cheeks. I know all too well yeah. uh, from that uh, as, as a player. And so hopefully the guys in these last two games uh, will have more of a sense of urgency, a sense of pride uh, to make sure that um, that they can, you know, extend leads when they need to and shut the door on teams that, that are trying to hang around. And I was actually really surprised because it felt like 
Texas Tech was one of the few teams that actually dared us to shoot. Uh -huh. All right, they were playing drop coverage a ton, really trying to guard or protect the paint. Juan wasn't able to get into the paint. We gave up very few uh, short roll lobs. KJ Adams a little bit ineffective kind of in his area yeah. where he usually is. And they allowed us to shoot threes. Yeah. Grady Dick took probably more threes than he had uh, all season. Probably open threes. Jalen Wilson, those guys. And we just didn't quite make shots like we needed to. And will that be a blueprint for teams that we play in this next week or two to pack the middle, take away our penetration and pitch, take away our rim runs to, and make us shoot threes because we're a good three-point sh three shooting team, but that's not Kevin's game. That's part of Jalen's game. It's for sure Grady Dick's game. Dewan's a reluctant three-point shooter, so really... But was the, our best three-point shooter on Tuesday, surprisingly. And it, it's no longer Christian and Ochai and yeah. Remy. And, you know, you're going to have to play the kind of game that the other team dictates. You want to take what you can, but at some point, they're going to force us to beat them from the outside, and we can't afford a three for 23 or five for 30. But, again, that's the way – the reason that our guys were open beyond the arc is because that's what Tech wanted. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'd be surprised if, if that wasn't something that was uh, at least hinted at moving forward, maybe for a half, maybe a little bit longer. And uh, I'm not an analytics guy, but, but to, to give a, a plug to another one of our uh, tremendous assistant coaches, Joe Dooley, yeah. uh, who's uh, he's more of a gut feeling guy, but he's aware of all the analytics out there. And just when, by law of numbers and averages, for the totality of the conference season, we do the majority of our scoring uh, in the paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. When the ball side to side. Um, dribble drives and things like that so if you want to play the law of averages saying hey if we're going to give up points to kansas where are we going to make them beat us it's going to be behind the three-point line yeah. uh, now grady can turn into a flamethrower at any time but you know what it'll be nice to see what happens when the pressure of march uh kind of encroaches in on a freshman's mentality yeah. and to see how he responds uh in that yeah. You're playing in neutral sites, gyms that you haven't been in, like an Allen Fieldhouse, where you've gotten up thousands of practice reps or maybe played in that building uh, multiple times during your, your, your conference stretch in your career. Uh, we're going to be entering some buildings that, yeah. man, we, we might not have played in before, and maybe that could affect shooting. Yeah, but the good thing with what you just said is the Big 12 is a gauntlet. It's tough. I get it. Everybody knows where our guys are going to be better than where our guys think they should be. But when you get into the tournament, you get a couple days to prepare for Kansas. And then when you win a game, you get one day to prepare. So Bill's playbook starts to work more. You get more open looks. You get more yeah, lanes of the right. basket. Yeah, and so true. that's where the Big 12s, to win it, number one, is crazy. To win it the way we want it was crazy. But I, I look forward to so many things working in March when you just don't have time to cover everything. You really don't. And we'll get more lobs. Our, ba our baseline out-of-bounds package will be that much better. Because right now, Texas Tech, we, you know, we run chin or nose or thigh, and the Tech bench is saying, hey, he's going to go here, here, and here. That doesn't happen come NCAA tournament. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Hey, I want to ask you about, about senior night. Um, it was interesting. One thing that was missing from senior night is typically we've had a walk-on or a bench player that's been a senior. Or, and, or an actual senior that doesn't have eligibility left. Yeah. And, and a coach is, coach is usually very gracious in those moments in allowing a guy that normally isn't a starter to be able to be plugged into the starting lineup. Is uh, this about me? No, 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 no. It's not I'm certainly kidding. not about you. I remember that wasn't even like his tradition when he, first, when he first got here. I remember my, my junior season, he was like, hey, I heard you guys do this thing where – where you let the, the senior actually start. I've never done that before. Yes. Like, are you okay coming off the bench? They're like, hey, no, 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 it's great. It's, yeah. it's what we do here. But we didn't actually have to deal with that for the first time since I can remember um, right. where there wasn't maybe a walk-on or a bench guy. And yeah. we, we typically have a guy from our starting lineup have to start the game on the bench, and then you get kind of nervous, man. What's that first four minutes going to be like? And it could have been Michael Jankovic because he is a senior that's going to graduate, but he has another year. That's what makes – senior night so much different Jalen Wilson has two years of eligibility left 
and Kevin McCullough has one year if he wants it. Obviously, they're not going to come back. There's still the chance the door's open, but you're exactly right. It, it is it is different nowadays because we actually had two seniors that start, and it didn't you know mess anything up. Yeah, no, I, that was certainly a little nuance that kind of caught my attention. Like, oh man, we should be we should be better served for that. It was still still a close game, but it was interesting and a little bit strange not to see that 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 take place. You know, we were talking with Coach Townsend earlier about. I've already gotten some calls from my buddies like, hey, our guys have played a lot of minutes. Are we going to rest some guys because the game doesn't, quote, unquote, matter in Austin on Saturday? And I told him, I go, hey, I haven't talked to Bill, but I know him pretty well. He ain't sitting anybody. He's going down there to win for NCAA tournament seating, for momentum. You don't want to break what you got going right now. What have we won, seven in a row? And wants to keep that going because, you know, when you know when guys get hurt and when guys struggle is when they know that hey, I'm only going to play 20 minutes tonight. It's going to be all hands on deck on Saturday against a really good Texas team who's very hungry, who's also playing for a seed. This might be our last trip to Austin, Texas. We never know what the unbound schedule will be yeah. like. So, don't expect. Kansas to lay down on Saturday. No, not at all. And you, you had given all the the factual reasons of why coach isn't thinking that. Well, coaches describe this team, and particularly Jalen Wilson, as one of the most competitive ever. So it's not just coach that wants to go down to Austin and to give you know full showing roster wise and effort wise in terms of what we can bring to the table there. But our guys want it too. Yeah. Like. Our guys were, and if you if you remember when they came here to, to Allen Fieldhouse, it was one of the more chippier games of the year oh. with guys, you know, chirping. Timmy Allen was. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so believe you me, like our guys aren't thinking about resting. They're not thinking about load management. They're thinking about competition at its fullest. And I'll be looking forward to it on Saturday. And last year that game was one that we had one. I remember Mitchell banked in a three. Then the next possession down, Ochai throws an alley oop to David. And it hits the rim before he can dunk it. They go get another bucket and we lose. That was a gut punch. So there's a, even though a lot of the guys are gone, it's a bit of a revenge factor, especially on their way out of, out of the Big 12. But bigger and better things coming even after that. Next week we'll be in Kansas City. Obviously, where I grew up, you basically grew up in Kansas City as well. Uh, it's the best having yeah. it in Kansas City. When you were playing was... Was the Big 12 one of the years in Dallas? One year was in Dallas, And yeah. it just – It was a dud. Yeah. Dud. Yeah, it was a dud. What are they like in Texas? I mean, there were – Football. There, there, there were so many things going on in, in Dallas. Uh, it, it seemed like it was one of many events happening yeah. at, that, at that time. The thing that I appreciate about Kansas City, and this has, has to do with the proximity, is that it takes over the city. Yeah. And you, you, you piggyback that with – the MIAA tournament that's going on with the NAIA national tournament that's going on yep. with the women's uh, yep. conference uh, basketball tournament that's happening at Municipal. It is, turns into a basketball town, which I love. And our new commissioner is trying some different things. They're going to have some musical acts. Fat Joe and Shaq are performing after the games. Huh, Did you know right. this? No, I didn't know that. You're a Fat that. Joe guy. I've heard Shaq. I like Fat Joe yeah, yeah. coming up. So. Uh, so, you know, he's got the, the Rock Nation background, so there's probably a little bit to that. And he's, mm -hmm. he's bringing a, a breath of fresh air or just something different because we go every year, we love it, but every once in a while it needs a little bit of a, of a kick in the bud, and I think he's doing that. He's, he's putting uh, the fans on the court and uh, – it's going to piss a lot of the members of the media off as they're going. I heard about it on Tuesday night, and, and uh, you know they're going up to the to the hockey press box, which is basically in the roof, in the ceiling. So uh, that'll be an interesting uh, thing to keep an eye on. But you and I love it. We'll be down there. Uh, one of our great sponsors, the President Hotel, the President Hilton. Uh, is, is our favorite spot. I'll be staying there. The team will be staying there. So the drum room is, is always a, a nice little uh, 
you know, break from uh, the from the hustle and bustle of the Big 12. You go down there, nice little cozy bar. Especially if the weather gets going a little, you never really weather sure gets a little chilly. 60, 40, 20, it'll, you never know where it's at. Cozy's a good way to talk about the drum room, and, and they have some some nice selections of brown water that you and I both enjoy. Well, well you mentioned a, a breath of fresh air, and then also everything that's going to be happening uh, in Kansas City at the, at the Big 12 tournament, uh, including the women's team. And, man, we'd be remiss not to mention – uh, the, the nice little bounce back that they're on, uh, beating two teams that were ahead of them in the Big 12 standings, uh, knocking off Oklahoma State uh, last Sunday. Great crowd. The, the, the hottest teams in the league. It was and, a really good atmosphere. Had the band out. The halftime was awesome. And it was, that was a fun, fun game. Yeah. And then they back it up Finish, on Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday. Against I guess the, the top 25 ranked team. Top 25 team, Iowa State, who – has been a pill to compete against for years uh, in this league and, of course, on their senior night. And so it's awesome to be able to go out uh, on two senior nights out. And then, of course, Coach Brandon Snyder yeah. logging his 500th career win as a college basketball coach, which is, is a difficult task to, to do uh, at, at any level. Winning uh, 500 at any level. I mean, it's so cool. And, and I know how close you are with Brandon, just one of the really good guys in our business. Great. Uh, had, had a had a really good start to the year, and they hit a lull. Yeah, very much you know, like the men did. You know, yeah. we talked about adversity with Jalen Wilson, and it's all, you know, adversity is, is only what you make of it, how you rebound from it. And, and the girls, you know, they got healthy. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they, there was definitely some, some health issues, but they got healthy, and they knew they had to win these games. And, and they dealt with that adversity by being positive and knocking off two 21 teams. Yeah, and, and just like the last couple of games for our men's team have championship implications, have seeding implications. This has seeding implications for the women's program as well. Is there any Look, doubt they're in the NCAA tournament? I think the win against Iowa State is pretty much going to solidify them in that. They when play, you couple that with Arizona. Yes, from yes, but they still have to play at TCU on Saturday, and I think at least one more win in Kansas City would, uh, would strengthen that resume. And I looked up the standings. That should be on the road. That should be, I think they're seven and – 18 or something like that. Yeah, so only, the, only one win in the conference so far, but their head coach just announced that she's going to resign, and that's going to be her last kind of coaching stance that she's going to have. And so you and I both know that narratives like that yeah. can kind of be a, hey, let's win one for the Gipper and rah-rah, we're playing, we're playing free and open. And right. so um, don't let their record fool you. Um, still a lot to play for, yeah. and uh, hopefully they'll finish out the regular conference strong and, and get into Kansas City with some momentum. And, uh, and, and also, if you guys are down in, in, in the power and light area, obviously seeing the men and, you know, the schedules will be staggered. Man, one of the, my favorite venues in all the sports, Municipal Auditorium, yeah. like how much character and just – Hosted uh, more Final Fours than any – arena in the country yeah, it's incredible it's not you know shiny with new lights and everything but that's going to be where our women's team is playing so don't don't forget to uh to consider what their schedule is looking like and and hustle on over there and get a chance to support uh brandon in, in women's basketball yeah 500th victory really really impressive and so happy for brandon and, and what he and his girls have accomplished uh football just started spring ball a couple days ago and talking to coach he's uh, they haven't gone full pads yet but uh you know for the first time in a long time a full complement of scholarship players. He's got 85. I think he told me there's something like 118 or 120 guys out for football. I mean, so and there's going to have to be some. There's going to be some attrition and all that. But those numbers are great. People want to be a part. Guys want to be a part of this, and that shows in the numbers. And uh, Coach Leipold and his staff. We were just talking to Curtis about Bill's success and the continuity of his staff. Kurt's been with him for 19 years. Norm, Robert, Norm Roberts has been with him off and on for decades yeah, at a time. A decade at a time. Uh, uh, Joe Dooley, who's now back. Britton and Brady have been around forever. Q's been around forever. And then Jeremy Case is kind of the newbie, but he played for Bill, and now he's a full-time assistant. So uh, the continuity of, of – I think we – I know we retain all nine or ten assistant coaches in football – Credit to our administrative staff yeah, for, for 
locking them up, mm-hmm. locking Lance up and the whole staff. It wasn't just Lance. You can, you can go out and get a great head coach, but if the staff – you have a different coordinator every year, it's an entirely different setback. deal. It's a big-time setback. So continuity, longevity is so important, and we've got that now with Bill Self, with Lance Leipold, with Brandon. As you look around all of our sports, Stanley Redwine, Jamie Bermel, Ray Bouchard, we've had – longevity and continuity with our coaches. Yeah, it's certainly going to serve all of our programs well. Uh, and then also those football guys are pretty excited uh, to get spring ball started off with with the big rollout and the announcement of some facility upgrades, yeah. uh, which is a precursor to that overall renovation of uh, David Booth Memorial Stadium that we're going to see here coming out. But to get the weight rooms going again and get the, the lockers going again. And going again is going again now like mm-hmm. it's going to be done in july which is was a big part of lance re-upping was like i want to see we've been talking about it for a long time i've been here now 12 years and we've been talking about football renovations for a long long time but the the stars finally aligned uh, a great season renewed interest great crowds three straight sellouts and so travis and and his staff upstairs did an amazing job and, and had a really cool announcement on Monday over at the Anderson Strength Complex and everything's getting a up you know a once over a makeover going to add square footage the locker room and the weight room is going to be up with the times even though when that was built that state was state of the art yeah state of the art that was 15 16 years ago and as we talked uh, with with coach Leipold a few weeks ago staffs have blossomed in numbers and quantity you, you have analysts and you have recruiting coordinators and you have recruiting staff and you have a much bigger video operation. I mean, it's, it's grown by 20 plus. So you need to have a place to house them. Food is, is a very important piece of it. So kitchens and whatnot. So it's a, it's a big deal. And it's a, it's a step that proves to our fans that Travis and Lance and everybody involved are committed to making this into a consistent winner. Good stuff. Good stuff and growth all around. We got uh, Saturday in Austin. Big game. Not as big as it could have been, but as we discussed, still a, a very big game. You get then a few days off, and you, you hopefully go and play in something that you only do maybe one time in, during the year, and that's play three days in a row. And, uh, and that just doesn't happen very often. So that's hard. It's on not your, easy, yeah. It's hard on your body, especially right before the NCAA tournament. Now, we proved that it's not that hard because we won three in a row in Kansas City, then won six in a row in the tournament. But uh, big-time opportunity down there to solidify. I, I don't think there's any question that we're a one seed. It's a question of whether we're the overall one yeah. seed. And the key to that is when you are the overall one seed, you get to pick your regional site. And for us, that would be Kansas City. If it's Houston, we were talking in the office the other day, they'll probably choose Kansas City. You got Kansas City, Louisville, Vegas, and New York. And I, I, I guess it would probably be Kansas City, and, and they might do that just to keep us out of Kansas City. Who knows? You have that power. And if they win on Saturday and then win their tournament, I don't know if we'll be able to overtake them because I think they only have – I think they only have two losses. Is that right? Yeah, two losses, but you factor in the quad one wins also with that. So we'll see what the committee decides, but certainly got a lot of, a lot of work left to do. We uh, proved last year weekend. that, you know, we can go anywhere and win. Fort Worth, Chicago, New Orleans. This year, I don't want to guarantee it, but we're in Des Moines, right? Home game. Home game. Home game. Now, our fans are great. They'll get up there, even though we don't get a whole lot of tickets. Our fans are, are a resourceful bunch. They will figure it out. And can't remember the name of that arena, but it's downtown Des Moines. A really cool pizza place there that you and I will go to. Uh, it's like Foo's Pizza. Hey, I'm about that. On you. Uh, Crab Rangoon Pizza. Never had that before. No, because I, they might be the only ones that offer it. All right, let's tap in. We got Matt Llewellyn out here. Maybe, you know, you do a... a, a Crab Rangoon Pizza. They have all different we'll kinds. That. We'll R&D that. First. Well, let's do the next show. Well, maybe you and I will go get on your, your pizza. Oven pizza, deal. yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah. See, see what I did there? I see what you, you did. see what I, I did like there? That. But uh, great to have Coach Townsend on. Great, as always, to be with you, my man. Uh, big weekend, big next week. We're, we're trying to figure out a location as where we'll shoot this next podcast, maybe down in the Power and Light. 
We'll I don't know. We dealt that. with some. We dealt with some noise here today. It's with, no big with, deal. With Shaq and Fat Joe, maybe. Shaq. Can. And, <laughs> yes. Can you get Sha- Shaq on our program here? We'll have to check the budget. For you guys that. were teammates. Huh? Yeah. Were you guys teammates? Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were. I was more of his punching bag uh, than his teammate, but. Um, yeah. That's saying something. You weren't really anyone's punching bag ever, except Shaq and who else? Oh, is that, that's about it. Your dad? Mm, nah. Back when you were little, though, Pops, he got into you, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, Big Wayne. Big Wayne, Lil Wayne. Wayne Sr. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of opportunities coming up for all Kansas sports. Men and women will be in Kansas City. We will be there. Jayhawker podcast brought by the University of Kansas Health System. We got the Hilton President Hotel. We got the Call of the Week sponsor, Kansas City Barbecue Store. That's Kansas right. City Barbecue Store. Uh, another fun show. Curtis Townsend, Wayne Simeon. I am Greg Gurley. Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Rock chop. Good job, bud. <laughs>